0: operation of the machine becomes so odious makes you so sick at heart that you can't take part you can't even passively take part and you've got to put your bodies upon the gears
1: and upon the wheels upon the levers upon all the apparatus and you've got to make it stop Welcome back to Comic-Con Podcast. As always, by my side, the fair faucet to my Jacqueline Smith, Stephen. (laughs) Come Uh, on, Stephen, who doesn't like some Charlie's Angels in their life?
2: That is true.
1: (laughs) (laughs) My friend, as always, I am rock. Uh, Stephen, this podcast we're going to center on just a few news articles that caught our eye as well as a few titles from Marvel Comics. All right. But first, let's do a little housekeeping. As always, you can check us out at comicrevolution.com. There you can check out our news, reviews, and whatnot. I believe Kevin actually just posted a review for a comic that we are going to discuss in this podcast, even Iceman number one.
3: Oh really?
1: And we will uh, we will touch on what uh, our boy Kevin had to say about the issue before we review it. It should be interesting. Oh
0: boy, I have
1: a, I have a bad feeling <laughs> about this. <laughs> no. Um, and of course, you can check me out on Twitter at Rock Revolution. That's two K's and Stephen.
2: And you can check me out at President Glover.
1: Excellent. All right, my friend. <laughs> Let's. Check out the news, shall we? All right. Let's see here.
2: We, news. we have it. Yeah, there, there
1: wasn't a lot going on this week, but there were a few things that caught my eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, you know, I'm, I'm convinced that uh, Disney is, is continuing to massage how they handle Marvel Comics. And you did see where they've released their what is the new Marvel uh, what is it called the little Marvel cartoon uh, that's geared toward girls? It's like the DC superhero super girls superhero girl line of toys and cartoons.
2: Yeah, I think it's like it's called Marvel Rising or something. Something like that. And what what
1: really surprised me was that DC rolled one out first. And this is, clearly this is Marvel's answer to it.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, But what's amazing is Disney. What do they do better than literally any company on the planet? Market to preteen girls. I mean, they just, there's nobody who does it better. I mean, that's what they built their entire business on. I, come on. They're, from their theme parks to their movies to their merchandise, That's how Disney's made their their money. That's their bread and butter. And how did they get beaten to the punch on this one? It really surprised me. I do think the reason for it, this is just my speculating, is because Disney's acquired a lot of stuff. Okay. And I think they were focusing on transforming the Star Wars franchise to a uh, preteen girl franchise. That's what they know. I don't blame them. I mean, it's what they know. They know princesses. They know preteen girls. That is their safety zone. That is where they feel comfortable. And they figured, well, you know what? We can shift it over to a preteen girl franchise, and enough of the boys will come along because of lightsabers and wookies and lasers. I think that's the conventional thought that Disney has. But They're going to move to what they want. I think they've been focusing a lot on Star Wars. They really haven't had a chance to focus on Marvel, and I think now you're going to see the same shift of Marvel. They're going to want to make Marvel maybe not. Star Wars clearly has become like Rey is a Disney princess. She's now in the parks with all the rest of the Disney princesses. She's with the princess meet and greets. I mean, she's a Disney princess. End of story. It is what it is. Princess Leia obviously is a is a Disney princess as well.
3: Yeah.
1: So they have successfully shifted Star Wars to become a preteen girl franchise. Is what it is, people. You can like it or not like it. It doesn't really matter. It's it's it's. Disney's property to play with, not mine, not ours, not yours. It's theirs, and they're going to do what they do. And they make a lot of money, so I guess, I mean, is it for me to second-guess them at this point? Probably not. (laughs) We'll see how successful they are over the next ten years, I guess.
3: Yeah.
1: I think you're going to see the same thing with Marvel now. I think they're really going to focus on trying to shift Marvel Comics from being a boy franchise, a boy company, to one that is more... Not exclusively girls. I don't think they're going to do quite what they did with Star Wars, where they're like, "Look, we're going to have it's going to be Princess Leia, it's going to be Rey, it's going to be you know Laura Dern's character, it's going to be it's going to be women, 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 women in control. It's going to be the girl Jane Jane Lynn UrsO from Rogue One. It's going to be you know the Solo's girlfriend's better than him in Solo. It's it's they're not going to quite go that far, I don't think, with Marvel. I think mainly because of the selection of characters they have to work with. I mean, the better characters in Marvel, unlike DC, which has great female characters, Marvel just it just historically hasn't had as many great female characters like DC has.
2: Yeah, or at least they haven't because Fox and the X-Men and now they'll have that. Right,
1: back, so. right, exactly. So I could see them trying to pull Marvel to be more of a... Not 100%, but I think they're going to make a real effort to make Marvel... More of a teen, a preteen girl company as well, at least on equal footing as with boys. I think Uh, that could be wrong. We'll see. We'll see what direction they go in. It would not surprise me if that's where they were trying to do. Again, it's Disney's. It's Disney's safe zone, and it's what they know. And they probably figure, hey, like with Star Wars, we can shift this more to a preteen girl franchise, a company, and the boys will still like it because Captain America, Black Panther, Iron Man, Thor. It,
0: mm-hmm.
1: You know, we'll see. I could I, That wouldn't surprise me if they kind of shipped Marvel the way they did Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I, look, I fully expect Indiana Jones, when they, when they reboot that, I mean, you know it's going to be Harrison Ford coming back as the original Indiana Jones, and his daughter, Indiana Jones, is going to take over for him. You know it's going to be a girl... It is. It's Disney. It's what they do. If anyone thinks otherwise, you're fooling. It's it's just what Disney has done since the great Walt Disney made his first movie. <laughs> okay? It's what they do. So, it's it's interesting that they were beaten to the punch here by DC, but I think you're going to see more of it in the future. Yeah,
2: I mean, Disney makes their money off of hawking crap to teenage girls and poor relationship expectations. That's another discussion <laughs> yeah. for another day. And... I mean, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know if... Because I remember, you know, they clearly bought Marvel to get some boy demos. For sure. But... Hmm, I'm wondering if because the Marvel Studios has a clear person in charge who has a plan... At least he has this, the plan that we know is coming to an end in the, the next Infinity War. We'll see right. what happens after that. Right. But Star Wars has no plan. There's there's a head, but doesn't really seem to know what she's doing sometimes. Right. And so I think that was more malleable. But Marvel, I mean, Marvel Comics may be more susceptible than mm-hmm. Marvel Studios. But sure. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. I just like that DC's um freaking girl aimed line is like, oh, uh, you know, Wonder Woman and Supergirl and Batgirl yes. and Marvels is like, oh A bunch of rando characters, characters you've there. never heard of? Yeah, and all these other characters. Like it's like, hey, you know, if you can make it work then then bravo to you, but
1: Yeah, DC's got the inside track on that one. D-O
2: yeah. <laughs> no doubt. I, I wouldn't be surprised if by this time next year, or a year and a half from now, you're gonna all those characters are gonna be pushed to the side. You're gonna see Storm, Shadowcat, um, uh, Jubilee, and all those other the it, X-Men characters that they're getting back. <laughs> it
1: would make more Rogue. Yeah.
2: It
1: sure. would make more sense because all the good Marvel female characters are in the X franchises. Yes. All of them. Yes. All of them. I'm sorry if I've offended. You know, the two Scarlet Witch fans <laughs> and the three She Hulk fans. Yeah. The the, the two uh, Invisible Man fans, sorry, the best Marvel female superhero characters are all in the
2: X-Franchises. They are. It's not like those characters couldn't be marketable. Oh, no,
1: just as we stand right now. Yeah. Right now, the X-Franchises, they they have a a riches of excellent female characters.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Thank you, Chris Claremont, and your obsession with young women. Uh, So, (laughs) (laughs) not creepy at all. (laughs) But hey, something good came from it. Uh, (laughs) That's true. Um, also from Marvel, Marvel's teasing, Stephen, the end for Daredevil. Oh,
3: jeez.
1: Yes, yes, indeed. We don't know exactly what's going on, but they've tweeted out image of Matt Murdock holding his Daredevil mask in one hand and offering his other hand to a blonde woman who people are speculating would is Karen Page. And we don't know if he's going to die, if he's going to retire. We don't know what's going on, but really, Stephen... The end of Daredevil. Are we going to have to go through another "quote unquote" the end for a character? You know, it's, it's you know they always come back. I think we're. You know, it'd be nice if we stopped doing this gimmick of we're going to kill this character or this character is going to retire because we all know they're coming back. And the gimmick's getting boring. It creates a false suspense that nobody buys into anymore, and it just begins to just it just creates reader fatigue, and you just kind of roll your eyes and whatever. It loses the impact that it once had in the very beginning when they first started doing them.
2: Yeah, um, I think there needs to be a mandatory rule that if you're going to kill a character, they need to be gone for at least three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a fair amount of time.
1: That is. That is. That's um, not bad.
2: And just I don't know, didn't we already have a, a Daredevil's gone or is Daredevil's oh, right. dead? Yeah. dead already? Like, right. Yeah. Right. Come on, guys. I know we
1: are going already going back to this wells. It just seems too early. It just seems like it's a played out gimmick that it needs to go. It needs to go away for a that while. That isn't
2: gonna stick because oh, what's coming up on Netflix? Oh, Whenever oh, Daredevil season three. So right, will be back, which
1: is very popular. It just it yeah. This is a gimmick that needs to go away. <laughs>
2: And odds are, at least for six months after this is over, he'll still be in other titles. Um, <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, I forgot. Gone. <laughs> right. Oopsie. Sorry about that. <laughs> also for Marvel, this was a little weird, Stephen. I didn't know how to read this. So, Marvel, <laughs> very strange. Marvel, you know, you had the Tom King Vision miniseries mm-hmm. that came out that uh, didn't sell at all, but was a a, a critic critic's darling, which means nada in the world of making money yeah. but it's it's nice that if you don't sell well you at least the critics like you <laughs> um, yeah, somebody
2: might buy it someday make up on the back end right exactly
1: maybe the collected editions will do better but anyhow the, the tom king vision miniseries uh critics darling after it ended you know the vision franchise sat there for a little bit and marvel decided hey you know what let's revisit what tom king did for the vision in a new miniseries, and it's going to be, it was going to be a six, uh was it, a, yeah, six-issue miniseries. Yeah. And they tabbed Chelsea Kane as the writer. Chelsea Kane, who I'm not going to comment on the political issues. I'm just going to stick with numbers. Uh, her Mockingbird title sold like poop on a stick. Nobody bought it. I mean, I'm guessing Chelsea bought it and her friends and family <laughs> bought it. And the staff at the Mary Sue bought it. And nobody I mean, else did. Yeah. That's my guess, because its sales numbers sucked. Um, again, time and place for certain political statements, and maybe a mainstream Marvel Supertitles Not the Time Nor the Place, or the proper format, as evidenced by the wretched sales numbers. But anyhow, yeah,
2: and that was later on. Like I'm we're like were you yeah. trying to stir up some controversy to get some numbers?
1: Yeah, uh, it, it uh, well, numbers. it felt very transparent and very pandering, and it, it yeah. was it it didn't feel like an honest creative story. Yeah. Uh, it, it just felt like, hey, I'm 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 gonna do this on purpose, just try to stir up some attention for myself and my title that's selling on crap. Yeah. Now you know, it's just some people just like to get attention. <laughs> and so she uh, Chelsea Kane's tabbed, that was surprising, oh. to write the title. Well, Evidently they've turned in four issues of this title, Stephen. Turned in four issues. They've been written and, and inked and and ready to go pretty much. Who is the artist? Uh, the artist on this was Mark Mohan and Odd Koch. Huh.
0: Mm-hmm. So it it
1: it's surprising Marvel then cancels it. Totally cancels it with four issues having already been turned in completely inked and in everything and evidently they cancel it before telling the writer Chelsea Kane that they've canceled it because she goes on Twitter and of course you know look at me look at me look at me she's like the she's like the little kid in the classroom that's like look at me look at me look at me look at me look at me, look at me. she's got you know you're not that special relax have a seat.
2: Don't they all do that, though? Uh, yeah, it's 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 a,
1: it's, a, it's it's a common refrain. Like, you do realize you write funny books. In the grand scheme yeah. of things, your job is about as insignificant, unimportant to society yeah. as any possible job. You're kind of like a modern-day court jester. Sit down.
0: Yeah.
1: Have a seat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not trying to be mean, but, I mean, just know your role, as yeah. the rock would say. <laughs> know your role. Uh, or there's another great... Uh, great philosopher clinics would say a man's got to know his limitations and and some of these uh writers they get on twitter and they think that they're like you know you're not mahatma gandhi you're not not. you're not you're not albert einstein just relax yeah but anyhow she's evidently posts that marvel asked her to keep clean and quiet about it she goes but because they've never because apparently they never met me hey guys i'm the one who's the pain in the ass remember me now it's like Oh, no, you're just a glory hound who thinks too much of yourself. It's okay. Uh, so, anyhow,
2: <laughs> and because I can hear there's key- keyboards clicking, this is not. We're not saying this because she's a woman. We're no, saying, there are a lot of writers things. just like her. Yeah,
1: there's, plenty of male yeah. writers who have the same attitude that yeah. they think they're more important than they are. It's mm-hmm. like you got to believe me. This is not just to her. This is. Male and female writers, a lot of them have this kind of attitude. It just gets old after a while. It's like, yeah. you're not that important. I've seen, Relax. I've seen
2: a lot from uh, male creators, and I'm like, you all just need to... Yeah, just, you're, you're not helping your case. No. getting hired again. No,
1: so. these self-inflated egos. It's like, wh- where do you get off? It's weird. <laughs> and it's... And it, by the way, it's not, it's not appealing to people. People with massive egos think highly of themselves, that's a turnoff in general. You know, are you going to date someone like that? No. You're not, you know, you don't want to talk to someone like that. You don't want to hang out with someone like that. It's yeah. not appealing.
0: Yeah. It's not a
1: social trait that's appealing. Yeah. Anyhow. So, I just found it was strange that they would get four issues in completely done and then cancel it. Steven, mm-hmm. my only guess is they read this four, first four <laughs> issues and were like, well, we ain't publishing this. Yeah. And I don't know if that came from the new editor-in-chief, Sibolski. I don't know. I, I cannot believe there is that Joey Q, even though he's definitely more hands-on now with Marvel Comics than he was before. No doubt about it. I mean, Disney sent him back saying, you got to get this under control. Yeah. That's obvious. Quesada mm-hmm. uh, the, left. They put Axel Alonso in charge, and it's kind of like the, the, they let the inmates run the asylum for a while. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think Disney really did send Quesada back to, to try to install install a little order.
2: Yeah. That was the problem.
1: Right. So I don't know if Joey Q read it, if it was Cebulski who read it. I don't know if it went higher up in the Disney organization. I don't know if Disney has said something, has, has told Marvel Comics, look, you know what, between the Roseanne issue and the James Gunn issue, look, we are Disney. We, we are not interested in politics. We're not. Mm-hmm. We're not. Now, is Disney, of course, is Disney super PC? Well, yeah, they are. Of course they're PC. I mean, they target kids and they want to target every culture and religion and creed and race across the entire globe. They want to be successful in India and in Asia and South America, Central America, America, Europe, Africa. They want, they want everyone, no matter who you are, to love Disney and their products. So, of course, their products are going to be very PC because they don't want to have ever offend anyone. Yeah. Okay. I mean you go to the theme parks and the way their cast members, the people that work there, the way they're trained they're, they're even trained uh, when they point they don't point to things mm-hmm. they're always there's a certain hand gesture they use because in some cultures pointing with a finger is highly offensive like yep. Disney does not want to offend any culture that's, that's their thing they want everyone to feel very they, they want to be a very safe place that, that, but that's really what they want they want it they want parents to know that they, their kids can consume a Disney product that's going to have a safe positive image. It's mm-hmm. going to be very inclusive. Mm-hmm. You're going to have lots of women, lots of men. You're going to have lots of diversity, lots of cultures. It, mm-hmm. And it's going to be very sanitized for your enjoyment. Mm-hmm. That is Disney. Yeah. That is what they do. Now, I get it in this current climate. There are there are groups that pander to groups. I mean, you know, Breitbart's going to pander to the far right. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, 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 Colbert's going to pander to the left. Uh, there, are, you can go on and on. Fox News, banners of the right, MSNBC, banners of the left. so. And, and there are certain writers and creators that pander yeah. to either the right or the left, and you can do that when you are a single writer, you know, or a niche company. Mm-hmm. Disney's not a niche company; mm-hmm. they want everyone, mm-hmm. so they want to avoid politics. While other, while Stephen Colbert, for example, by embracing politics, he's killing Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yeah. In the ratings, because he's embracing politics, and he's like, I don't care if I piss off all the people on the right. Mm-hmm. I, t, the TV viewing audience is so tiny nowadays, Stephen. Yeah. It's so small nowadays. You're fighting over scraps, the TV audience. <laughs> I mean, it really is. If you look at the numbers for TV now versus what it was back in the 70s yeah, or yeah. 80s, it's, it's, it's tiny, okay? So he doesn't care. He's like, well, look, there's not much of an audience left. I'm just going to go for my – supersize my niche audience.
0: Yeah, yeah right. and,
1: and he's killing Fallon for that. That's a smart move. Disney isn't niche. They're not going to do that, and with what happened with Roseanne and what happened with James Gunn, they don't want to be involved in any controversy. They don't want to be involved in politics, and I don't know if there's been maybe there's been a memo sent down from the big man himself, Iger. You know, he wants to fire Kathleen Kennedy. He's not happy about the social justice message that she's injected in Star Wars either. I mean, there's rumors where he's come out where he's not pleased about that. He yeah. doesn't want that. That he doesn't mind it being a princess franchise. He doesn't want the messaging though. You know what I mean? Because he knows. I can make it a princess franchise, but if it's not political, no one's going to care. Right? But the minute you make it political, people care. Yeah. It would not surprise me if Disney sent down a memo to Marvel Comics saying, stop. We're not doing this anymore. We're, we're not interested. We've already been through a couple of black guys with Roseanne and James Gunn and the Kathleen Kennedys, mm-hmm. brouhaha. Stop. And maybe that's why they canceled it or they read it on their own without a demo from Disney and we're like, oh, this is either horrible Mm -hmm. or this is just way too political. Whatever. This is unusual. This doesn't normally happen like this even.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, Disney sees everyone as dollar signs and they want you to come in and give you, give them your money. So, of course, they're going to make it inclusive. That's just how it works. Yeah. But, I don't know. I just, I just don't think he cares that much you know that's that's why I think that these are so um they have so many of these titles floating around mm-hmm. that are still being published somehow um but I don't know I mean maybe maybe you're right maybe they read it and it just wasn't very good or because I mean the vision that the Tom King tie that was like one of their very few like, like, you have to read this Marvel Comics. It's really good. Oh, yeah. And maybe they don't want to ruin that. <laughs> it's impossible. I, mean, I don't know. Or maybe it was just they. I mean, this stuff has happened like this before where you just. There's no obvious reason. It's like. Right. Because of who's writing it, I mean, we could think. But sometimes they just cancel stuff. It's just like, why?
3: Mm hmm.
1: And mm-hmm.
2: It's, it's like they'll, they'll do that sometimes. I mean, DC will do it too. Yep. Yep um, I don't know, it's a strange, it's a strange story, but, I don't know, I mean, I assume she got paid for it, so. I, I would guess so, I mean, right. you did
1: the work, I, yeah. it would be really unfair Marvel not to pay her for the work she put in, I mean, you yeah. contracted with her, okay, you contracted with her, she provided you the material, you should provide her with the money, <laughs> whether you publish it or not, you gotta pay her, yeah, exactly,
2: <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, I'm like, I don't mean you got paid, I mean, what's, What's the real harm? Unless yeah, you think, I mean, well, I had something, I had something to say. Well, it's possible.
1: Like, well, write write something under your own imprint, then. Yeah.
2: Okay. Well, change the names. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: make it an indie comic. Yeah, you exactly. know,
2: might make more bank there. Who knows?
1: Yeah, you never know.
2: Yeah, you pay twice for the same material. That's right.
1: Hey. Right. Um. So that was odd. And then the last bit <laughs> of news, Stephen, out of the world of DC's huh. films. Their cinematic universe. They're, in, they're ever interesting. It, 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 God, it's, cinematic it's, films. Always something, always going on over there, Stephen. It's crazy. Yeah. Henry Cavill is, uh, is evidently out as Superman, or at least that's the, the rumor. that's the rumor. And it looked like I don't know, maybe DC tried to make a a power move on Cavill or something. I'm not too sure. It's, it's hard to say really what's going on. Yeah. But it wasn't the Cavill said he wanted. It wasn't. He didn't get fired. No. It's,
2: they said
1: that he walked away. Cavill left, and I don't know if they were negotiating on how many movies, what kind of pay, or I'm guessing it. Oh, I mean, everything in the world down to paying, money, yeah. right? I mean, let's be honest. Everything, it's always about the money.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> my guess is it came down to what movies and what money.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: and they played a little hardball maybe in the negotiations, and he called it bluff. Yeah. And now Warner Bros. is like, oh damn! Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> did not see that coming. So early, and now what do they have again? More negative publicity. Right. It's so. just terrible. Yeah. You know they don't need they don't need that. No, absolutely not. Indeed? That's, it's like um, it's like people saying, why did uh, why did why did Disney kind of react to the like the the James Gunn news so quick? It's like, well, they just had Roseanne happen, and that was a that was a bad publicity, and they didn't want to deal with another one. Nope. Unfortunately, they created another one. Yes, but you know that was a little more understandable. Yes, well, actually, both of them are understandable. I totally get why they did both of those. Yes, right. um, yeah. Warner Brothers, DC is just one after another after another, and they cannot afford that. <laughs> no,
1: no, they really can't. And so, do you, do you think Cavill is out completely?
2: No, I don't. I think I think this is. I think this is hardball on his part. I think he's he's holding up um, Mission Impossible sales numbers and says, hey. Hey. Right. Hey right. And they're right. like, well, okay, well, we're just going to do a Supergirl movie, and you can just sit in the back and wait for your turn. And he's saying, well, Netflix wants me to do this Witcher show, and right. I want to do it. Right. So I'm going to do that and go get paid, and you can go kick rocks. Right. And um, and now Warner Brothers is in a, a situation because they're going to lose. I mean, they're going to lose Ben Affleck. Yes. He's going through a lot. Right. He's, he's not capable of doing it. Nope. No hard feelings. But like Cavill, like this, as a huge, like. Indeed. It is like, eh, that's. Y'all should have just suck it up, hire somebody who's good, and make right. another Man of Steel movie. Right. Just put it out there. And you know what? If it's good, then that's good for y'all. Right. So why are you holding back on this? Right. Snyder is not in the picture. Anymore. Right.
1: Exactly. And it, look, Excuse I mean, Superman is a character that you can recast. Not a, not a big deal. Oh, sure. It's not like I have to have Henry Cavill. It's nice mm-hmm. to have the same guy and not yeah. constantly be shifting actors. That that is that is nice.
2: That shows some stability. Yes, <laughs> but
1: it's not. It's not a prerequisite. Superman is a is is the yeah. most iconic superhero. Period. End of story. Whether you like him or not, whether you think he's outdated or not. I mean, yeah. I'm not a big Superman fan, and I will openly admit he is the most iconic superhero, yeah. period. Okay? He'll be fine. You can recast that character. What do you think about the rumor of recasting him, uh, recasting him with Michael B. Jordan?
0: Um, I don't buy that. I don't buy that. I don't buy that. I, mean, I think,
1: no I think, yes, you can racially retcon certain characters and, I mean, I guess technically you can racially retcon literally any character on the planet. I, oh, I understand could. that. Sure. I could also make the Black Panther white if I wanted to. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he'd just be South African and there you go. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could literally do anything. Whether you should or not is a different story. Yeah. I think, uh, I think, I think Superman should, uh, Probably not go that route. And one big reason is, let's be honest, he was created by two Jewish creators, yeah. and he was really the symbol of a, a at that time, a Jewish or Italian immigrant yeah. to America who was hated and shunned and very different.
0: Yeah,
1: And since they're both Jewish, let's not use Italian, let's just use Jewish immigrant. And the name Kal-El, I mean, that is, that is rooted in... Um, it is rooted in... Um, uh, uh, drawing a blank. In Hebrew. Hebrew. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it's it's. I I think you I think he you don't racially retcon Superman based on the creators and what he was created to stand for.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you're going to racially retcon him, then maybe he should be Jewish.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. There you go. Exactly. So uh, that I'm, I'm not buying in the least bit. No. What about? This suggestion I saw online from Comic Book Resources, which is always an endless source of stupidity and clickbait.
2: The number one comic book website. Oh my god, I
1: love it. For more just absolute clickbait trash. It's hilarious. They, they have an article saying that in the wake of this news, what, no super, no Henry Cavill? Not a problem. De- based on the fact that Wonder Woman has done so well at the movie theater, we could just make the new DC film Trinity Wonder Woman, Supergirl, and Batgirl. Utterly missing the point that Wonder Woman didn't succeed because it was a female movie. It succeeded because it's Wonder Woman. And yeah. people love the character. Mm-hmm. And she's iconic. Yeah. Guess who has never been as popular or as iconic as Wonder Woman? Supergirl and Batgirl, yeah, not even close.
0: No,
1: no offense to the fans of those characters. Look, I'm a Legion superheroes fan. I get what it's like to like a comic that no one else likes. I get, I get it. Supergirl and Batgirl couldn't hold Wonder Woman's jockstrap. Okay, that's a weird <laughs> metaphor, but whatever. <laughs> you get my point. Oh, man. You get my point. Yeah, you, you, you're confusing a classic, iconic character with. Two characters that just aren't even on the same level. No. Furthermore, you're insane for suggesting that DC would ever shelve the single greatest superhero character, the single most iconic superhero character ever in Superman. Mm -hmm. And also shelving the single greatest superhero character, period, full stop, end of story. Nobody sells more comics, movie tickets, merchandise, than the Batman. Mm -hmm. Despite how well Marvel Studios has been kicking DC's ass, the Batman is still the single greatest, most popular, and profitable single superhero there is. Mm -hmm. End of story. DC would have to have had their heads lobotomized to not have... Batman be one of the film trinity. That that would just be... If I was a shareholder in Warner Brothers, I would immediately call for the CEO of Warner Brothers to be terminated on the spot for doing something that idiotic. It makes no sense. This is the kind of thing like, mm, this is my niche, uh, my niche, uh, my niche fanboy desires and they should be fulfilled by this massive Fortune 300 company for no apparent reason. Like, yeah. settle down.
2: It's like they... They just got done fighting the government to merge. They're not right. going to take any chances on their, no. their money-making.
1: t needs to make some money. Yeah. They just spent a ton of money for Warner Brothers. They need to make that money back.
2: Yeah, they do. And,
1: and you're not going to make more money than with the Batman movie.
2: Yeah. And I had, I'd seen something the other day that on YouTube that basically explained that the problem with DC is that um, while the comics have been really good, the general public perceives them in a negative way. That's true. Because of certain things that have come out. Like, everyone thinks Aquaman is a joke because of the super friends. Right. But Batman is so popular and iconic that even after Infinity War came out, after all that, people were saying, oh, you know Batman could have taken him.
1: Exactly. Batman always
2: wins. Batman always wins. That's just how it is. Yeah, and that's... And that's ingrained
1: in the... just That's in our, our national psyche.
2: Exactly. And it's... I mean... Two things. Like like you said, Warner Brothers would be stupid to say, Oh, well we're just not gonna have Batman. Like first of all Crazy talk. Yeah, like first of all I think Ben Affleck knew he was only in for a limited time. Yes. He's old. He's almost fifty. Right. So Right. Uh, oh, of course. And I mean yeah, I mean Tom Cruise is still but he's He's, he's a freak of nature. He's he's something else. Yeah. He's got Xenu he, or whatever. He made a deal with the devil. He made some kind of deal. <laughs> 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 and um He's he's a diamond dozen. That's he's a very rare breed. Yes, that guy. Yeah. Um. And as far as Superman goes, like I'm sorry if you don't realize that in DC the most important character in the DC universe is Superman. Right. Then you are you have you have never even picked up a single DC comic. The way he's ever. the
1: keystone. He's the keystone for the DCU.
2: Yeah. Marvel doesn't have that problem.
1: They don't. They really don't. I
2: mean, like, they have more popular characters, but they're all kind of... They're on the same level. Exactly. Like, Superman is so far above everybody else, like, that, first of all, to have not made A Man of Steel 2 when they had, uh, What's-His-Face, the guy who did, uh, X-Men First Class. Oh, yes. uh, Kingsman, when he said he wanted to do it. Yes. The fact that they didn't put it in production, like, right now. Immediately. Insane.
1: Yes, I agree.
2: And yeah, I get it, you want to play Hardball and Supergirl because, you know, um, because they don't have a TV, oh wait, no dad, they, they do have a TV show for Supergirl, and um, all this other stuff. And, you know, just because we haven't introduced her doesn't mean that we can't just toss her in there. Right. Because why not? Why not introduce her in a Man of Steel 2? Well, that's stupid. Why, you know, we we need Cavill to want less money, so we're going to... We're that's gonna, right. We're going we're gonna to use Supergirl as a threat. Right. Which, once again, if that's how they're going to make that movie, it's going to be a bomb. Um,
1: I, I agreed. You're right.
2: You're right. But uh, no, I think I think I think they'll they'll sign the check. He'll come back. Whoever will replace Ben Affleck will come in.
3: Sure. And they're oh, going to you... lock
2: him down for right. an ins- insane Marvel style contract. Yep. And they're just going to just go along with, with it. it.
1: That's right. I I totally agree. Ugh. Weird stuff. Anyhow, my friend, let's move on to the three Marvel comics that we have on tap, shall we? All right. Let's, uh, we're going to hit Iceman number one, because I can't resist the number one comic. No,
2: you cannot.
1: We're going to hit The Amazing Spider-Man number 5
2: mm-hmm.
1: And we're also going to tackle Fantastic Four number two. All right. Yeah.
2: Let's, uh,
1: let's start with Iceman number one, shall we? This issue is brought to us, the awards by Cena Grace. Art, Nathan Stockman. Colors, Federico Blee. Issue begins with our man Bobby Drake walking through Hell's Kitchen. It's not a tough and rough place where drunk Irishmen are beating each other up and criminals are shitting people in the alleyway and Daredevil is laying down two-fisted justice. No, it's a place where young gay men go to strike out and trying to get dates. Hell's Kitchen has changed, my friend. It's changed.
2: Ah, Giuliani really did the place well. He you? did,
1: <laughs> and so, so we see some arson causing a fire, and Iceman ices up and saves a lady. And I guess this would—they don't tell you because why would you tell the readers things to explain stuff? The arsonist says, "Eat bleep fairies." So, or maybe it's a gay bar. I don't know. But he's obviously a hate crime guy. I don't know. So, and then Spider- and Spider-Man, Iceman, Ice is the guy up and he's like, yeah, you know, so I'm out here trying to meet some guys and, and you know, I'm a catch. I hate when people say that, but like I'm cute and I'm smart and I and enough to know that uh, the, the guy has about four minutes before a hypothermia sets in, and when I was dating girls, it wasn't so hard, and now it's not really translating, and I don't—who is he talking to? The woman he's saving? The bad guy he's trapping? It's just a mess. This whole dialogue makes no sense. It's trying way too hard, and then they show you earlier, a panel saying earlier, where he makes a high-heeled shoe, a slipper, Glass, uh, glass, yes, like Cinderella. Ah, there you go, Disney reference. Oh, God. Out of ice and offering it to a man on the dance floor. And Iceman's saying, I believe, uh, I said, I believed you dropped this on the dance floor. And cute. so we then cut to the Xavier's Institute. Iceman is using one of those ice golems to train a bunch of the little younger mutants. Um, one of them is I Die, Steven. I, so I Die tells me, Mi, if you're such a Beyonce fan, learn to stay in formation. Oh, Jesus. And she goes, I'm trying. I Die. Queen Bey didn't have to fight monsters during her Super Bowl performance. I, I don't understand the connection. Just, I, I'm a fan of Pori Hemplo. Uh, I am a huge fan, musically speaking, of a lot of metal bands.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I cannot play guitar. I can't. Just because I'm a fan of something doesn't mean I can do it. All mm-hmm. right. Uh, I don't think you being a fan of Elton John means you could play the piano really well. No. Yeah. I don't think you being a, a fan of a you know of, of of a particular type of music means you can do that. Right. Yeah. I I'm not too sure I follow this logic here. It's this kind of logic, though, Steve. It's this kind of writing. It just comes across as very forced and stupid. It's like, I'm just trying to show you how trendy I am. Look at that. Oh, reference. But it makes no sense.
2: Yeah.
1: It makes no sense.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. If, if, if they had... If it had gotten any trendier, one of them would have been doing that stupid backpack kid dance. Yes and, um, Somebody would have been uh, taking a taking a Snapchat video with filters. During. during the fight. During the fight. Yes. And I mean, I do hate to say that of all the um of all the unnatural and forced yes. and just awful dialogue. Yes. That I have actually heard people say something similar to that before. Fantastic. I'm like
1: Fantastic. Yeah,
2: we're really going places as a species.
1: Yes! When, I think Marvel's also missing a great opportunity here with the character I Die. I, how is she not Marvel's Kenny? I think Mar- it should be a running gag where I Die gets killed in every issue that she appears in. She gets killed. And then you see her in another issue, and she's back, and there's no explanation why she's back. You never explain why she's back. You never explain it, it's just like Kenny. She's just she's back in the next day. She's back, as if it never happened, and then she gets killed again. And every issue she appears on, she just gets killed.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, how are they n-
1: they're missing out on a golden opportunity. This character, Steven, would become a lot more popular.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. You
1: would certainly know who she was.
2: Yeah. There'd be a lot of articles on CBR <laughs> about it.
1: <laughs> Give her a movie franchise. Um <laughs> alright, so. <laughs> <laughs> the Kenny and I die team up movie oh make it happen
3: <laughs>
1: so anyhow while the young mutant mutants are training against Iceman's golem Iceman is talking to Kitty Pride evidently Bobby found some flyer while he was out clubbing trying to get some tail and he it says one of us is uh, is dying it says one of us is dying. None of us are trying. And it has a picture of someone who's missing. Evidently, something's going on with the Morlocks. That's what it is. It's a missing Morlock. And so, he, Iceman's like, "Look, society's rejected them. We need to help them." I, I get it. I get it already. Huh. I got. I got why Iceman wants to help him.
2: Yeah. So. Wouldn't it be that he's an X man and that. No. Iceman are an outdated, uh, <laughs> outdated uh, uh, civil Yes. Yes.
1: Yes. And so the Ice Golem then beats up all the young mutants, and Iceman looks out at them through the window and goes, That's what you get for telling me Judah has a new boyfriend, and for following him on social media.
2: That's why he, so that's why he beats up children. Uh, because children do children things.
1: Can't get
2: any worse.
1: It's so it's trying so painfully hard. And it all of it feels so forced and awkward. Like painfully so. Or is it just me? <laughs> it's God, Steven. You're in your early 20s. You're in your early 20s, you tell me. Is this cool? Is this is this is this really super cool? Are you totally keyed in?
2: Um am I keyed in? Well, I mean, I'm
1: you are in your early 20s, Stephen. This should be speaking directly I to you, my, right?
2: <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um I'm going, to save, I'm going to save that point until the end because we still have so much Oh, to go God. Here. But um, it's, it doesn't, doesn't speak to me. It's speaking at me. It's speaking at <laughs> I'm trying not to listen. There you go. I'm trying very hard.
1: So we cut out this. Kitty Chit says she's going to give Iceman a team. Unfortunately, her, the team turns out just to be a team of one. Bishop. And so Iceman's not so thrilled, so he immediately starts texting, and we get full of, like, little text, you know, with, like, all the, you know, seriously is S-R-S-L-Y, though is T-H-O, you is you, it's, it's got all the you're, you are, so we're, we, the writer's telling us, I know how to text, guys,
2: I can text.
1: Yeah, you and everyone else on the planet can text, that's awesome.
2: Yeah, my biggest pet peeve with people who text is that, and they put it in the comic book.
1: But you said, you and then S-E-D, I get it, it, look. I have a 14 year old son. I will tell you, my 14 year old son does text like this. He does. Ew. Because do he's 14, right? Yeah, he's I know. 14. But, I
2: was but, lazy but, when I was 14.
1: But, right. But, but uh, Bobby Drake is not 14. Ben,
2: no.
1: He's a fully grown man. And do you know who doesn't text like this? Fully grown men. Yeah. They just don't. I got plenty of friends I text with from the age of about 21 to, like, my dad, who's, like, 78. Okay? hmm Fully grown men don't text
2: like this. No.
1: So, anyhow, they go off into the Morlocks' uh, lair down underground. And there they find some beaten-up Morlocks. And then they're attacked by some mutants. And, oh no, mutants are, uh, there's a group of mutants that look like humans, like regular humans, that are trying to kill the Morlocks, and Iceman quips, mutant-on-mutant crime, never okay. (laughs) Make it stop. So... Uh, anyhow, I guess the long and short of it is, in, or somehow, the human-like mutants believe the only way to help mutants out is to kill off the non-human-like looking mutants. Yes. Yeah, so Did I miss could, anything there?
2: They could fit in better. There you go. That's how, that's how they, they progress.
1: That's right. So, yeah. anywho. <sighs> and so, the, our Bishop and Iceman beat the bad mutants, and then they're talking with the Morlocks about what to do next, and they find out there are some more bad mutants also in the sewer attacking other Morlocks, so they rush to save those Morlocks, and it's not that exciting. Uh, Anyhow, long short of it, the X-Men end up winning, and they beat up the bad guy mutants, and then Bishop and uh, Iceman take off, but before they leave, though, because, again, you might not know this, Steve. You might not know this after having read the comic up to this point, okay? Because we're page 18 of the issue. So you might not know this, but Bobby Drake is gay now. <laughs> you might not know this, but in case you forgot, we've ended the fight with the bad mutants. And Iceman has one of the male mutants encased in, like, an ice stalactite hanging from the ceiling. Yeah. So he's upside down, a la the very famous Spider-Man-style kiss, where Spider-Man's upside down and Mary Jane plants one on him. Yep. Great movie moment. And Iceman goes, give me a Spider-Man kiss to the guy. And the guy goes, F you. Well, we don't know exactly what he says, but it's all asterisk out you. Yeah. And Iceman goes, as if I'm saving myself for Captain America. Look, A, we already knew he's gay. B, you've now made him part of the hashtag MeToo movement because this is absolutely all day long sexual (laughs) harassment, period, end of story, full stop. And it also, you know, I mean, look, I do know this. Um... I'm not gay. So I can't say I know exactly what the perspective is. Sure. Okay. Got it. But. I've talked to lots of my friends who are. Mm -hmm. And I just like hearing their perspective on things. It's just interesting. I like different perspectives. I like different viewpoints in the world. I think it's interesting. Mm -hmm. I I just like how people view things differently. And you know what? One of the things that. One of the. I guess, stereotypes or one of the negative things that people, people like don't like gay people always say is they always believe that they're going to get hit on by a gay guy. Sure. And, you know, I've always been told, you guys like, that I know, are like, dude, I, why I'm not, I don't, A, I don't find all men attractive. B, if you're not gay, I'm not going to hit on you because what's the point? Like, do you go hit on a lesbian? <laughs> yeah. No, I wouldn't. That's stupid, right? It's a waste of time. time, He's like, (laughs) and B and and C, it's just kind of rude.
0: Yeah. If you know someone's
1: not gay, why am I going to hit on you? It's just kind of, (laughs) it's just that doesn't. It's pointless and rude. So, and they don't like that 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 anti-gay position of oh, "Oh, they're just going to hit on you, oh, gay, whatever. Like that's something that is not appreciated. So here, doing exactly what people who attack gays complain about this myth that these anti-gay people say, Oh, gay men, gay just want to hit on everyone. You know what I mean? It's like, don't play into, don't, don't play into a myth. Don't play into it. A don't play into it. B it's sexual harassment. It's in this day and age, just, just stay away from, just stay away from this kind of stuff. Whether it's men on men, women on women, women on male, male on women, just Avoid it. It, I think in this current climate, you just don't just avoid it. Unwanted sexual advances, avoid. Would be my best, my best advice. And it doesn't work. It didn't make Bobby seem cooler. It just kind of made him kind of creepy and kind of a jerk. It just and dorky. It just it doesn't. It's not necessary. It doesn't help the character. It doesn't help the moment. It doesn't. It doesn't do anything.
2: Yes, doesn't help the moment. It's not funny. No. And it just it's just there. Yeah. It's like a fart.
1: Yeah. It is. <laughs> it really is. And so we find out the man who is behind these human-looking mutants hunting the Morlocks is none other than Mr. Sinister. Because
2: we haven't seen him a thousand times in the past two oh, years.
1: Oh, boy. Yay. Ugh. And then we cut back to the Xavier Institute... And Bobby is hot, he is not happy, he's, he's she's mad that Kitty trivialized his, his crusade to help the Morlocks to prevent Mutant Massacre Volume 2, and Bishop's like, man, you just need to check yourself, she knows, she knows that you were serious, she knows, you know, relax, and she sent you me because I'm, I'm, I'm you know, a soldier. Whatever, blah blah blah. Doesn't really matter. It's pointless. It's it's a, it's a fluff scene. It doesn't mean anything like much of this issue. Jubilee comes out of nowhere, and um... Bobby's like, "Whoa! What has two eyes? Compulsively chews gum and is the polar opposite of her jubilation namesake." Your face. Uh, is anyone finding this funny? It's terrible. It's I terrible. I have an
2: answer for that.
1: <laughs> like no. Um... No. No. So, then Julie goes, hey, I knew you'd need this, and hands out a jar that says, clunky dad joke jar. It's just, it's not working. It's all so, it's, why would she be holding that jar? You you know what I'm saying? Like, did did she know that Bobby was about to appear? Did she, did she, I don't know. It. She was... It's just—it's
2: too she, forced. If there was a scene where she pulled it out of her backpack. Right. Then, you know, th- that'll be one of those. Like, it's oh, in her what's coat a, pocket. Yeah, it's it's a it's a weird, wacky, whatever. Yeah. Like, okay. Well, I mean, this is full of uh, strange things, so why not? Right. But that's not. That's not what happens. Right. And magically it appears in her hand. Right. It's great.
1: Right. And so she goes, "Look, you have a visitor." And he goes, I wonder who that visitor can be. He opens the door to the lounge where the visitor waiting for him. And it is none other than Emma Frost, my girl. This is the first time in this entire issue that I actually got excited because it's my girl, Emma Frost. And she is her, her proper white queen attire. <laughs> it is not the PC uh, costume. She is in her full, oh dear, she is sexual. I'm sorry for the attended of Victorian <laughs> sensibilities. White Queen costume. Love it. Love, love Emma Frost. Love the White Queen. I love when she's rocking her classic look. She's kick ass. This is the only good part of the issue right here. <laughs> I'm hoping that White Queen kills Iceman in the next issue and they <laughs> rename this comic Emma Frost, White Queen. That would be awesome because I would buy the crap out of that title.
2: Well, I so you can have her make a bunch of. Um, um, <laughs> oh, did you get the? Did you hear the Ariana Grande album? It was so amazing. Well, I was She's also so #hashtag inspiring.
1: I was hoping it would also come with a different writer. <laughs> <laughs> well. Oh, uh, so Stephen, I spent a one with Jake.
2: Okay, so what I was going to say earlier is that. Um, you know, I, I, was reading this issue, and I was like, okay, well, if I was gay, I'd be offended, first of all, that, um, that this is just, oh, this is how they talk. This is just how gay people talk. You know how that's how they talk, Rob? Right? Did you know that?
1: I, I did, well, yes, um,
2: I did. and I, 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 know some, some gay people who do talk like this, um, I don't talk to them ever, because they're annoying. And I know people who don't talk like this who talk like normal people. Mm-hmm. And the vast majority of gay people I know talk like normal people. Because guess what? They're normal people who yes. just happen to be gay. So to read this and to see the constant quote-unquote witty um, kind of um, stereotypical uh, gay dialogue you might see in a movie where the gay best friend of the girl, of course, happens to have a pop culture reference at the ready. Like it's t- it's tired in movies and here it's just so so lame. It's Like stop, just stop doing it. Please. My god, just like it's like like when I read this, I told you I had to get a drink cuz it was so it was it was literally I was annoyed. I wanted to just stop and just quit. So no I'm not doing this podcast anymore. I need. I need to. I, I can't do it. You've officially pushed me too far, Rock. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but it, 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 it's pretty
1: bad. <laughs> so I, the writer is is gay.
2: Okay. And...
1: Uh, Cena. Cena. Mm-hmm. Grace is is it? He is a. I don't know, he's middle aged. He's thirty. Thirty two ish. Something like that. Oh,
2: I thought it early was early '30s.
1: Woman. No, 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 It's a guy. It's a guy. Um, he is a gay man. But uh-huh. They did hire a gay man, which I kind of figured they would because, mm. you know, you, what are you going to do? You, you, you're not going to roll out.
2: You can't win on that one,
1: right? So it is a he. He. The writer is gay, but it it it, it reads
2: like an old man trying to write a teenager. It again
1: does it does indeed it reads like a, a, a straight person who's older trying to write a stereotypical gay character yeah. because all we get is gay 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 yeah. and it's not even done in a particularly interesting fashion
2: at all i'm honestly surprised there wasn't a point where i just didn't go honey let me tell you because that's the, that's the one cliche that was not used right so congratulations on the restraint <laughs> right exactly yeah
1: it it's, uh it was surprised me because when I, I, I did a little re- I read it before researching Cena Grace I, I didn't read the first Iceman miniseries that Cena Grace wrote sure um, and I figured that you know I would read the comic then research the writer so I was surprised that a gay author would write such a stereotypical gay character that was really not very interesting in the least bit and had very little to offer other than he's gay
2: yeah or appealing in any way
1: i mean there's nothing is nothing else to bobby's character other than i'm gay yeah and i tell shitty jokes <laughs> i mean that's 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 all i got from the kid there's literally yeah. zero zero character depth to the character
2: yeah at it's, all. It, then it literally applies to everything. I care about the Morlocks because I'm gay. And right. this is just like being gay. Right. And I get really mad about <laughs> these children that I'm beating up with an ice golem saying something because I'm gay and I'm trying to find love.
1: right? I guess um, it just it, it just – there is no depth to Bobby's character. He never feels like a real person. At all, no. there's there's no there's nothing to him, at all. There's nothing to him,
2: mm-hmm. zero. Yeah, and um, I would like to contrast that with um, the issue of X Men Blue that came out this week as well or last week. Yep, where um, they had a scene with like the whole premise was like the the young X Men and then the older version of the X Men like having their like goodbyes basically. And there's Iceman and Young Iceman, and I guess both of them are gay. I thought, like, the older one wasn't, and the younger one was. Well, they're
1: both gay, because they're, they're, they're one just hasn't come out yet.
2: Yeah, oh, fair. Um, but in that scene, they didn't have any of this right going on, which was nice. And, you know, they really talked about, like, well, okay, well, they're going to have to wipe our memories, and I'm going to go back, and I'm going to be somebody that I'm not. Right. And I was like, oh, that's actually, you know, that's actually kind of sad. Yeah, I know? agree, yes. To, to, to think about that. But, and then, I'm glad I, I read this first, because I was like, God, I hate Iceman, I want anything to do with Iceman, and I read that. I was like, okay, well, you know. Right. Like, it's, it's the writer.
1: <laughs> it is the writer. Look, did you ever read Apollo and Midnighter?
2: Um, I actually didn't.
1: But... Oh, my God, it was so, so good. It's gay Superman and gay Batman. Yeah. It's phenomenal. It's great. And you know why? Because the characters are actual characters. Yeah. They're real people. Mm-hmm. They're real people. Yeah, They're not just simply, hi, I'm gay. And I'm gay. Well, I'm gay. And I'm gay. <laughs> and I'm going to gay this. And you're going to gay that. And then, did you know I was gay? And then, oh, let me make a trendy reference here and a trendy reference here and a trendy reference. I'm going to act really, really queen. And I'm going to act really, really queen. And, and, <laughs> hashtag uh, gay. <laughs> right. Like, no, they act like real three-dimensional human beings who yes yeah. love each other and yeah. yes have sex and are a couple mm-hmm. and are clearly homosexual yeah. but they are two they don't at no point does their sexual orientation define who they are
0: yeah
1: I would I mean I don't think I think your average human doesn't want to be defined by a particular orientation yeah I I, do, I, I want to be defined by me
0: mm-hmm.
1: I don't want to be defined as being heterosexual that's not my mm-hmm. defining characteristic. Yeah. It is who I am. Yes, I get it. I Like women, okay. But it's not who I am. It's not. It doesn't define who I am. You know, uh, I like my ethnicity, but I don't want to be defined solely by it. So I'm just barraged by stereotypes, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I. I mean, you know, I. Uh, I'm a Catholic, but I don't want to be defined by Catholicism. Nobody wants to be defined by certain things like yeah. that. They just don't. They want to be defined by what you – we all believe we are something more than that. Yeah. That our, that our total is something more than just a few of our – few aspects of who we are. That we are so much more. That we are multifaceted, multidimensional, mm-hmm. right? That's how we all view ourselves and that's how we all want to be viewed. We don't want to be pigeonholed. We don't want to be classified, tagged, and categorized. No one wants that. That's not the nature of an individual.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. And Midnighter and Apollo, they're not. Yeah. I agree. Tagged and categorized. Iceman is. Yes. That is all he is. It's all he is. And that's what makes for horrible, horrible reading.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Just terrible. Yeah. Look this could be any character and this writing would be terrible. The dialogue sucks. Oh, yeah. The dialogue is atrocious. I mean, this could be, he could be writing Spider-Man and the dialogue is atrocious. Yeah, it's not I it's mean, not atrocious. Iceman, like no, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. I yeah. Again, a character's only as good as the writer. Yeah. Uh, I, I, if you gave Iceman to Grant Morrison, I would be singing the praises of Iceman. I guarantee you that. <laughs> I guarantee you that. Okay? I guarantee you that. The, the writer makes the character. Mm-hmm. Hey, for example, uh, look, Grant Morrison managed to take a Justice League team mm-hmm. that I hated. Yeah. As the individual parts, mm-hmm. for the most part. I was a Barry Allen fan, so mm-hmm. I was never happy when they killed off Barry Allen and replaced him with Wally West. Yeah, I grew to like Wally, but I was never happy. Sure. And at that time in place, when Morrison took over the jail, I was not happy. Yeah. So you had Wally West. You had, for some part of it, you had Electric Superman, which I thought was just the dumbest thing ever.
0: Yeah.
1: And you had... Kyle Rayner, who is the George Lazenby of Green Lanterns.
0: Ah. <laughs> and and you, you know what?
1: Grant Morrison made I love that title. Yeah. Despite all these characters that I don't like in general, or mm. I'm not a huge fan of in general, Yeah. he made me love that title. A writer makes the character. Yeah. It's not Iceman that's a bad character. No. It's not deciding to uh, have him... Come out as gay—that makes him bad character. No, oh. um, I have no problem with that. It's Marvel's character. I know some people are mad that they made Iceman come out of the closet. Well, you know what? It's Marvel's character. If they want—if they want to make an established character come out as homosexual, that—that that is their right to do. That is what they—that—that is—it's their character. It's not yours. Okay. Yeah. And and I have no—I'm—I will go along for the ride if you have a good story yeah. in store for me. So you want to bring Iceman out and you want to make him openly gay? I'm on board with that. As long as you have a good story.
0: Yes.
1: I'm totally on... Tell me... That's awesome. You've taken this character, which, let's be honest, is kind of blah. Yeah. For decades. It's kind of like a meh character. Yeah, pretty much. Totally a meh character. And you've done something radical with him. Awesome. Where are you going to go from now? What story do you have in store for me now? Mm-hmm. The problem is they don't have a story for him. No. Because Grace's writing is crap.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't mean to be ugly, but I mean, this is bad writing, Stephen. This is bad writing on any character. This is bad writing. It's bad It's bad character work. It's bad dialogue. It's bad plotting. It's bad pacing. It lacks internal logic. He makes references that make no sense. None of it seems realistic. All of it pulls you out of the story. It's incredibly dumb. It makes you lose IQ points with every page you turn. It's bad writing from top to bottom. There's nothing about this that anyone would consider to be talented writing. It's just not good. It's not good.
2: Yeah, it's it's not. You summed it up right there. It's it's just. And I just want to reiterate. We're not just saying. You know, it's not like we're saying we're gonna say. Oh well, Ice Man is bad, but no. all these other characters were no. so great. It's like no, it was all written pretty. Bad.
1: No, all the characters suck. Yeah, they all sucked.
2: Yeah, you know, they, they do. all
1: suck. Okay, <laughs> none of them were good. Now, and, and and he doesn't. And, and you don't do anything. Grace does nothing with this number one issue to, to to that you're supposed to do with the number one issue. Yeah, is that what kind of comic are we gonna? What kind of comic is this gonna be? Do we know? Is it gonna be an action adventure comic? Is it gonna be a sci-fi comic? Is it gonna be a mainstream superhero comic? Is it gonna be uh, a lighthearted comic? Is it gonna be um, a dark comic? It's gonna be we. Don't, I don't know.
0: Yeah.
1: It's gonna be. I at this point I think it's gonna be a dumb comic <laughs> that that targets a preteen audience. That's what my brain is telling me at the yeah. moment. Um, have we installed any plot lines? We have the throw a Mor- Morlock plot line.
2: Yeah. Which you could have done something Which you could
1: have done something with. And, but and you're going to roll out Mr. Sinister again. Again. I don't know why. Who's going after the Morlocks. Again.
2: Did we just see him with we- the... The Wolverine
1: stuff? Yes. None of this is original. Oh, people are going after the Morlocks. Well, wow. Like, that hasn't happened about a gajillion times before. Like, they even that was...
2: reference it in the comics. Yeah,
1: like, that, can you pick anything more uninspired and uncreative? And then you roll the White Queen out. We don't know what she's... At. It just... Nothing really Why hooks she, you. What
2: does she have to say to the Iceman? Don't, don't know. have any connection.
1: No. He does nothing to hook you to come back for more. He does nothing to make this stand out from other comics other than, Iceman's gay! Yeah. I guess that's the one thing he has to make it stand out from the comic, from from other comics on the market. I guess mm-hmm. I don't think that is sufficient. No, and I don't know who the target audience is, Stephen. I I am trying to struggle. I guess I, I I guess maybe you and I are missing it entirely. Maybe this comic is really going to appeal to uh, gay readers who like superhero comics, and maybe they. they maybe those readers will love this title and pick up on stuff that we're missing. That is entirely possible. That is true. That is entirely possible. And I'm I'm not going to discount that being true. That is entirely possible. I don't know how big of an audience that is, Steven. I don't know how big of an audience that is. I don't know if it is economically viable. Maybe as a web comic, it is. Uh, Maybe as a digital only comic, it's economically viable. I'm sure that Cena Grace is not a big ticket writer. He's got to come cheap because he's a no-name. Yeah, And the art, it's not a big-name artist either, so that can't be but so expensive. Yeah. So maybe if you do this as a digital comic, it could be economically viable. Is not going to be economically viable as a print comic, Stephen. You know this title is going to sell like crap. Yeah. Because it, I just think it's – you are targeting – Way too niche of an audience. I'm not discounting that there will be an audience for this title. There will be an audience. There is literally an audience for any title on the planet.
2: Yeah, that is true.
1: Okay. I mean, that's just how it is.
2: Sadly enough.
1: (laughs) So there will be an audience for this title. Yeah. I just think it's going to be an extraordinarily tiny, tiny, tiny audience. And I think if you want to do Iceman's character justice, you want to do do the character realistically. Mm Mm-hmm. And try to oh, yeah. market him to mainstream superhero readers. Much like, and I hate to go back to Midnighter and Apollo, but I just yeah. love that title so much. Mm-hmm. And I know so many guys, straight dudes, just regular straight dudes who love superhero comics. Yeah. Who adored that title. Mm-hmm. And yet they were still true to who the characters were. Yeah. You you can do that. I don't think this is doing that. And I think as a result, this is so super, 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 super niche that there's no real audience for this. And it'll never be economically viable. Now, this is a miniseries, and the reason why it's a miniseries is because it's ongoing got canceled because it sold like crap, and Marvel's like, well, let's roll out a miniseries and see if there's any more interest in it now. Yeah. And I don't think you're going to... I think you're going to be stuck with the same incredibly small sales numbers.
2: Yeah. I'm starting to see why that ongoing was canceled. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I didn't read that. Right. I was just like, yeah... And and the reason I mean the reason why I didn't was because it was the young Iceman who is going back right to the past yes so why do I care what happens to him
1: right indeed um so right. <laughs> uh, how would you uh, grade Iceman number one
2: I'm gonna give the I'm mean, gonna the writing I'm gonna give it a two that was, yeah. it was so 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 bad yep um. The the only thing that keeps from being one is that it's not the worst thing I've ever read in my life. I've read JMS and Superman. I know what the worst thing <laughs> ever is. And this is not it. So True. congratulations. Yes. Um and I like I'm like you said, I'm sure there'll be an audience somewhere. Um I I feel bad for them. This is all they have yes. to go on. Yes. But um I will say that the art, even though it's not a, a, a name artist, I did kind of, I did like the art. The
1: yeah, art's fine. Yeah, it was
2: fine. I, I like some of the, the action stuff. I like, Yep. I really like the, the, the Iceman golem power. Mm-hmm. I think those are really cool. Me too. And, um. Me too. So I'd give that, I'd give that like a six. Yeah, it's above average.
1: I'm going to go the writing. I'm going to go right there with you. It's two, it's two emaciated, opioid-addicted, living in the gutters of an abandoned alleyway night girls out of ten. Lesbian
2: night
1: girls. Oh, my bad, my bad, <laughs> my bad. And the art, I'm with you. I think it's a pretty solid artwork. It's pretty solid standard um, mainstream superhero artwork. It's fine. It's not amazing. I'll give it six night girls out of ten.
2: I, I feel bad for the artist that this
1: is what they had to draw. Yeah, it'd have been nice if they got something a little yeah. bit better. Uh, just as a counterpoint to us, Steven, I want to direct everyone to go check out oh, Kevin's Kevin. review Kevin. of Iceman number one on the comicrevolution.com because Kevin gave the story seven Night Girls out of ten and the art five Night Girls out of ten. You need
0: to get, you so. need to get him.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so Kevin enjoying it more than us. So hey, in the interest of balance and fairness, go check out Kevin's review. We're not
2: Fox News. This is. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> go check. Go to the website. Check out Kevin's review. And what the hell? You might agree with Kevin more than us. Uh, so anyhow, there you go. I think uh, Iceman was better. He's a cool character. Cool. Ugh, didn't mean to do that. He's a good what? character. Right, it's a character that I think could um could benefit from a uh, better writing, and uh, we'll we'll see we'll see what the future has in store for him.
2: I'm not I'm not picking up another issue of this.
1: I, I, I won't either.
3: <laughs> totally
1: agree, totally agree. Uh, next up is Fantastic Four number two by Dan Slott, pencils Sarah Pacelli ink Sarah Pacelli with Elisabetta Di colors by Marte Gracia. In this we have our Fantastic Four family. Reed, Sue, Johnny, Val, creating universes all throughout the multiverse. We see one of the universes they create, kind of like a it looks like Avatar, with the creatures being red versions of the blue Avatar. Nave, yeah. yeah. And the the Nave ripoff here is wants Val to stay and be his consort and
0: eh, 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 eh.
1: And of course, you know, it reminds Reed of Namor, and he's like, "We got to go." And we do see that Val and and Franklin are older now; they're like teenagers. And so we learned that uh, uh, we learned that Franklin is creating universes, and Molecule Man helps him bind it and anchor it to reality, and that's how we they are recreating the multiverse. They continue to do this all throughout the multiverse. And they're really excited about it. And then finally, they're going from universe to universe to universe doing this. And they arrive at one universe, and they're about to go to another new universe, create another new universe. And Franklin goes, whoop, nothing's happening. What's going on? And Reed runs some tests. and goes, no, nope, you're, still, you're still an Omega, you know, level, uh, super-powered metahuman. But uh, your ability to craft universes, it's come to an end, which means this part of our journey has ended. And now... Right on cue. I mean, literally, right on cue, Steven. This is so convenient. No sooner does Reed go, oh, looks like you're done Yeah. creating universes. This female character goes, ah, time to make things right. Time to grieve. And this weird anime-looking, she looks like your typical villain from your average anime, I think. And her yeah. name, her name is the Griever at the end of all things. Mm-hmm. Wow, Stephen, that's a mouthful. That's a lot to say.
2: It really is. That, yeah. That's a
1: lot. And she's got her horde of just kind of generic-y, weird-looking creatures. And she tears, her, her job is to destroy universes. Okay. And the first thing she does is kill Molecule Man. Well, thanks for playing. Oh, cool. Okay, there we go. I got that out of the way fast, didn't we?
2: Take that, Jonathan Hickman. Boo! Dare you like Molecule Man.
1: (laughs) In your face! (laughs) Um, So she proceeds to destroy this universe and chases them through all the various universes that they've just built and destroys them one by one by one by one while chasing them through all the universes and while monologuing like a motherfucker, too. Yeah. And it's it's stuff that's just, like, gobbledygook monologuing, too. Yeah. And then we're down to, like, just a... I mean, she's just plowing through them all these different universes they've created. And Reed goes, we only got about a 1,000 left. And I figured out the best way to save them. And Val goes, oh, hell with your plan. We're going to save the one universe where my red Navi lives that I love. Mm -hmm. So she screws up. You done messed up, Val. So, she's like, the Griever follows him there, and the Griever with one flick of her finger takes out Franklin, and then Franklin comes to and sees that the Griever has now taken out
3: everybody,
1: and at this point, the Griever is like, you'd question my power, or my place and things, so, so be it, and creates this transmaterializer can take you to any reality. So this is great. Read, this woman has the ability to destroy all universes. Yeah. Is unstoppable. Mm-hmm. As I mean, literally, took down Franklin, the most powerful superhero in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. With a flick of her finger. Powerful mutant. yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, took killed Molecule Man, arguably the most powerful character in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. One of the most powerful characters in the of Marvel it Universe. To
0: be, yeah. mm-hmm.
1: Took him out with a flicking of of her of a finger. Mm-hmm. So we've now established that she is I mean, yeah. she's God, basically she's unstoppable, yeah. right? Yeah. But you know what? Reed manages to say, you know what? You wouldn't beat me if uh, Ben and Johnny were here. If it was the real Fantastic Four, you wouldn't win. And she falls for it. Yeah. Creates this device so he can bring Ben and Johnny there yeah. to then fight her. Mm-hmm. Someone this cosmically powerful mm-hmm. is this stupid.
2: Is a moron, yeah. I it just...
0: You
1: can't, you can't, you can't do that. If you make a character this cosmically unstoppable and omnipotent and omniscient and everything else,
2: yeah.
1: they, they can't also have the IQ of a, of a toddler.
2: So, if, if she hadn't, honestly, I just wonder if she hadn't have said, oh, this is all a Fantastic Four, like, he, he probably never would have thought of that.
3: Right. Right.
2: <laughs> so, good job, lady. <laughs> right. So,
1: she creates this machine so he can then teleport Ben and Johnny to them. Which he does. And then she's like, What is this? Deception? You know what the deception is, Steven? He
2: What's brought more
1: He brought more than the Fantastic Four, my friend. Oh. You thought no. You thought the Fantastic You, you were like oh, the Griever. You were like the Griever. Oh, you oh, thought no. the Fantastic Four meant Ben and Johnny. I, I
2: thought. Right? I, I,
1: it yeah. doesn't. It all oh, Fantastic but you in this era of large franchises, Stephen... And these are large franchises. You know, the Avengers umbrella covers a lot of char- covers a lot of characters than it used to, right? Yeah, the Avengers: Four yeah. franchise. It is not just Ben and Johnny. Uh-oh. It is also Medusa. It is also Spider Man. Yeah. It is mm-hmm. also Black Panther. Yeah. It is also Namorita. Mm-hmm. It is also Herbie the Robot. Uh, all these. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's also She Hulk. Mm-hmm. So all these ca- look, all these characters up to this point, you got me. I'm, sure. I'm on board. Yeah, okay. the- these are. Traditional Fantastic Four characters or supporting cast characters. Then we have a history with the with the Ghost Rider.
2: Uh, Okay. (laughs) What? Ant Man. What?
1: Luke Cage. Um. No. Storm.
2: Well, she and Black Panther were on the team once.
1: Wolverine.
2: He was not. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so, yes. And here, that's where the issue ends. Bum, bum, bum. Okay. Stephen Pescher for number two. What'd you think?
2: Well, he had me.
1: And then he yeah, lost then you. And then he
2: lost me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the ending, that's not, that's not a terrible ending. No. That's not the worst ending. No. It's just that... It requires... My, <laughs> my problem is that this uh, Griever uh, lady who is supposed to be so powerful. And there, there is no setup that she hates the Fantastic Four, that she's no. um, atta- attached attach them in any way. No. She is serving a purpose in the universe.
1: She is entropy.
2: She's entropy. Yeah, that's right. And um, they even say she's, that.
1: She's fulfilling her cosmic role.
2: Yeah, she's the she's the end of all things. Blah, 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 blah. blah whatever. And um, so if, if it had been that she was... Well, attached to the Fantastic Four and hated them. I could see the ending being pulled off. It's like, oh, I'm going to kill you. Yes. I'm going to kill them. Well, we're yes. not all here. Okay, we'll bring them. And, oh, we right. brought everybody. Because it's a grudge match. I mean, it's a grudge, yeah, exactly. And so in a you,
1: grudge match, you want to defeat the particular people. Yeah, I get exactly. that.
2: Um, And then, um, but that's not what happens. Um, she's written like a third-rate uh, Doctor Who villain. Yes. Um. Which I, I knew it, a dance slot. Yes. I knew he, I knew this was gonna be. Yeah. His Doctor Who fanfiction. Yeah. And I said, I at first I said, okay, it's Fantastic Four. Maybe they can make it work. Right. And at least with her, no, that's it's not working. I like the idea. I I would have loved the idea of them. You know, the building the universes. I thought that was really cool. Uh, that they can just create whatever universes they want. Like, oh, well, this is an underwater one. Oh, well, there's got to be caves. Of course there's got to be caves. I like that idea, especially since they brought kids along. Yes. But that's not what this title is, apparently, because they're just destroying all of them. Which, what a... That has to be the worst. It's like we spent all this time away in um, Fox. I mean, the multiverse. Yeah. And we have to just watch everything just get destroyed right after we finished it. <laughs> I know. It's like,
1: wow, How to, what a great way to make everything yeah. leading up to this moment seem utterly pointless.
2: Exactly. Just, ugh. Oh. And I'm just like, okay. And, okay, so we're not going to have Ben and Johnny have a real reunion. We're just going to lead it to an action scene. Like they hadn't been separated at all. I, Yeah. I know. I'm I know. Like, I'm not really sure what, what you're doing. There's no
1: excitement. There's no, no hugging. There's no nothing. It's literally no tears. Ben and Johnny standing there, tough guy posing.
2: Yeah. Like they knew they were going to get teleported.
1: After Johnny, in the last issue, bawling his eyes out. Bawling his eyes out about his family being dead. Yeah. And then seeing the Fantastic Four... Symbol and suddenly being full of hope. Mm-hmm. And with that kind of roller coaster, those kind of roller coaster emotions, you then get him just being tough guy, potent.
2: Oh, I'm a tough guy.
1: Right. I mean, he should be an emotional mess at this point.
2: Yeah, <laughs> should be lots of crying. <laughs>
1: exactly. Exactly. I mean, really?
2: Yeah. If, honestly, <sighs> if you took the first issue, cut out the filler garbage cut the filler garbage out of here put them together this would have been a decent number one
1: absolutely agree Uh, totally agree but <laughs> but we didn't get that
2: it, no we did not
1: I, I, but I, I'm completely with you I think the griever of all the, the end of all things character is as generic as they come
0: Yeah, she's
1: super generic mm-hmm. she even looks generic she's just <laughs> it, It's it's just A standard kind of villain that you've seen a million times before. There's nothing interesting about her character whatsoever. Yeah. And her character lacks internal logic, as you pointed out. She's a cosmic force who then acts like someone who is incredibly stupid and has a grudge match against the Fantastic Four.
2: Yeah, that was not established.
1: Right. So, you know, for the reader to buy into the story, we have to assume that this incredibly unstoppable, powerful Highly intelligent cosmic being is also capable of being incredibly stupid. It, it it just pulls you out of the story, and it makes the villain just seem just kind of lame. Yeah. And Johnny Thing's reaction is just not believable either.
0: No. And
1: so it's you're you're again you're you're having to distort story logic for a cool splash shot, and it is a cool splash shot. I I agree, it's yeah. a cool splash shot. But you're having but at the same time, you're destroying the internal logic of the story by not having Johnny and Ben respond like they should be responding right now. Yeah. And because, remember, they thought they were dead. Not just missing, dead. Yeah.
2: Okay? You've had a whole title Right. About
1: that. And this is, you know, <laughs> this is Johnny's brother-in-law and his flesh-and-blood sister. Mm-hmm. This is Ben Grimm's best friend. Yeah. Okay? So, cool, cool shot. It is a cool splash shot, but it just it it's forced in, and it hurts the logic of the story. Yeah, for many characters.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and I totally agree with you. The, the, you could have cut the, this issue has a lot of filler as well. We waste a lot of time in the beginning with with creating all these universes and explaining how they're creating the universe. We already knew this. Yeah, we've already we, we've known this. We've known what the Fantastic Four has been up to for years now. Mm -hmm. I don't need to have it re-explained to me for the first, you know, 10 pages of the issue. Get to the point already. You know, uh, you could have just begun with his powers tapping out and the Griever showing up. And just go from there. It's so easy to combine issue one and two. Yeah. And you would have had a hell of a kick-ass debut issue to this Mm -hmm. new Fantastic Four series. I mean, just a hell of an issue. Yeah. Really good. I think it's not so great how they quickly dispatch a molecule man, especially in the important role that he had under Hickman's mm-hmm. story. It just it just feels a bit disrespectful to what's come before you. Yeah, and uh, not particularly crazy about advanced aging Val and Franklin either. But man, we'll see where they go with that. I'm I'm open minded up to see maybe Slack can make it something interesting. Sure. I do again like you. I like the extended family because the Fantastic Four is bigger than just the four of them. They have they they do have an extended family. I don't know Wolverine. And, you know, is a character I associate with. I mean, Ghost Rider was part of that for like one issue. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but you're stretching a bit. But whatever, it's a fine. I mean, <laughs> you know, you, you know, the fact is Wolverine's got to appear and everything. So, but I mean, I do like seeing Black Panther and Spider Man and Medusa. Those are characters I do associate with the Fantastic Four very strongly. Yeah. So I do like them there. And so, you know, and, oh and, and she hold I, I do associate with her right being there as well. What's interesting, Stephen, is I'm looking at this shot, this this last panel, and I do not there's crystal in the background. So in humans, yeah, that totally makes sense. I do not see in here Bruce Banner anywhere, yet you go to the next issue teaser page and there's the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, isn't that weird? Hmm. Yeah, isn't that strange?
2: I actually didn't notice that until you brought it up.
1: Yeah, and uh, and there's She-Hulk, and you see She-Hulk in her Jen Walters form, right there, in her smart attorney power suit and glasses. (laughs) Um... I love me some Jen Walters, but I don't see Bruce Banner anywhere. But there he is there. So that's 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 an interesting uh, artist screw up. You wouldn't think that would happen. That, that's on that's on the uh, that's on the artist. That's on the editorial staff. Someone someone dropped the ball there, for sure.
2: Yeah, I'd say so. Huh.
1: And anyhow, and the art is fine. I like Sarah Picelli. She's she's a very solid, dependable artist. Um, she's not my favorite artist in the world, but she she's she is very good. And she always turns in a very professionally done comic book, so I can't really complain much about that. Um, I don't know. It's it's again it's I, I, it's unfortunate. I feel like that slot is giving us a story that is moving too slowly, has too much filler, and is lacking depth. It feels like everything is right on the surface to me, at least.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, and that's disappointing given how, especially well after, Hickman's. Yeah, especially after
0: <laughs>
1: Hickman's, yeah, talk about deep and complex and chock full of good stuff. Yeah. This feels very shallow to me at yeah. this point. It just feels, it's feels very shallow. Mm-hmm. It feels like we just, he's just giving us fluffy one fluff plot line after the next at this point. Yeah.
2: It's, it feels like, it feels like decompression. Yeah. There's no yep. reason these should have been two separate issues.
1: Yep. I'm sorry. Yep. And maybe he can rectify that going forward. I I don't I don't know.
2: We'll, yeah, this, we'll see. It really kind of does feel like um, they told him one date and then said, "Oh no, we're actually doing it two months earlier." So you're right. gonna have to give us something. Yep. So yeah, yeah it
1: does. It does. Yeah. How would you grade out Fantastic Four number two?
2: Um, I'm going to give the writing of Fantastic Four a four. Oh. Out of 10. Yes. Um I was um I've been I've been very disappointed so far. I know it's just starting and sometimes yeah. they gotta but with Fantastic Four I think they needed to hit the ground running you I agree. It. just go and go and go. Oh, I agree. Um so yeah, there's that. And the art, I mean, I like the art, it's okay. Um she's not necessarily my cup of tea as right. an artist, but it's not it's not bad. I like some of the I like the final splash out, I like some of the stuff that they have going on. I get why she's popular. Yeah. And um, so I'll give her I'll give her a six.
1: Fair enough. Oh, I'm yeah. gonna go oh boy. I'll go the writing five night girls out of ten, right down the middle. It did it didn't it's not cringe worthy like Iceman number one, but it's it's not good either. It's it's I think I'm being generous at five Night Girls out <laughs> of ten, to be honest with you. Um and and the art you know, it's it's solid art. It's solid. I'll give it. Jeez, mm, seven night girls out of ten. All right, Steven. Last one. Amazing Spider-Man number five. No. This issue is brought to us by Nick Spencer doing the words, Ryan Otley, who I love from Invincible. Yeah. Doing the pencils. It's great to see him on a Marvel comic. And the inks, it's split up half and half. The first half is done by Cliff Rathburn. The second half is done by Ryan Otley himself. And the colors, Laura Martin, who is a great colorist, by, colorist, by the way. The issue begins, basically, uh, Spider-Man has been split. Peter Parker's been split. You've got Peter Parker split into one person and Spidey split into a second person. Mm-hmm. And Peter Parker's all responsible, nervous Nelly, And Spider-Man is all like, "Woohoo, reckless party time. And Peter is just trying to use this, um, um, this device, the isotope genome accelerator, to combine, split them apart, to combine them together again. And have you been reading this title up until now, Stephen? Yes, I have. Okay. Would you tell the listeners exactly why MJ is back in Pete's life?
2: I wish I could tell you, but literally the first issue ends with "Why did we break up?" Oh, right. you know, I don't remember. So we'll let's just get back together, right? Yeah,
1: that's all we I, got. Yeah, I, I feel like we deserve a little bit more than that.
2: Well, after all the crap that we had to go through to get them split up, yeah, yes. I would say so. Yeah, uh, do
1: you think we will ever get more than that? No. Or do you think Marvel's like that was a bad idea? We're forgetting about it. We're ignoring it, and we're moving on.
2: I think that's their strategy. Yeah. Exactly. There you go. Just uh, forget it. <laughs> agreed.
1: Agreed. So we see Pete and MJ walking together. I just got to tell you, Stephen, regardless of anything else about this issue, I will give this comic a good score just because I get to see Peter Parker and MJ together. It yeah. fills me with such happiness to see these two together. This is, in my humblest opinion, my humblest opinion, this is Marvel's Clark Kent and Lois Lane. Yeah. Yeah. This is, just like DC, cannot... You just, you can't do it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I know you can do anything, but you can't. <laughs> you can't have you anyone else together other than Super- Clark Kent and Lois Lane. Yeah. And I think we learned that lesson with the wretched, vile, Superman, Wonder Woman pairing of the New 52. Yeah. That was awful. That was bad. That was Awful. That
2: was something it's awful. It's like
1: watching your parents have sex. It was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. Nobody liked that. Nobody enjoyed it.
2: It was awful. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just like Clark Kent and Lois Lane must always be together. Peter Parker and Jay must always be together. So yeah, that just seeing them together. Just it just with each issue, Stephen. It just makes me smile. Yeah, it just makes me smile. And the long and short of it is, MJ basically is like, you know, I used to think about, I didn't want you to be uh, Spider-Man. And again, I think this is our walking back the whole mess that Marvel put themselves in by splitting the two up, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, She goes, I used to think I didn't want you to be Spider-Man, but I have realized, you know what? That's why I love you. Yeah. That you are Spider-Man. That's Mm -hmm. exactly why I love you. And so we then cut to the present day See, that was a flashback scene. The present day is Peter Parker all badly beaten up and bruised and bloodied and lying on the ground amongst a bunch of rubble. Then we cut back again and go, he re-explains the first four issues of how he got split from Spider-Man and his roommate is now the uh, The boomerang boomerang (laughs) ex-criminal. And Peter's like, how am I going to get this device, this MacGuffin that I need to reunite myself with Spider-Man, oh, my roommate, the thief, I'm just going to casually talk about how, oh, no one could ever break in and get this from Dr. <laughs> Connors, and, and he's going to take the challenges and be like, what, I can do that, and that's exactly what he does,
0: Yeah. and Boomerang does
1: indeed steal it, and you see Boomerang loading up his van with the uh, MacGuffin, and Peter Parker
2: had hijacks the van. <laughs> hijacks it, because he, he spider-traced
1: him, he spider-traced Boomerang, so he hijacks the van, tears off with it, finds you see, one panel, he's ripping off down the street in the van. In the very next panel, he has located Spider-Man lying in a web hammock between two buildings and has set up the device right there. Huh. Wow. Yeah. My friend, you want compressed storytelling. That, That's compressed. That is compressed. To the point where you might have skipped over a <laughs> few plot beats to get there. <laughs> but you know what? After reading as much depressed comics as I've read, yeah. I will give, I will take it. Yeah, we'll I, take will t- it. I will will take yeah. it. Because honestly, what 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 the story in between... Driving away in the van and getting set, that I set up next to Spider Man, I probably didn't need to read it. Yeah. <laughs> I Though it was very compressed. <laughs> and Peter's like, This ends now. We got to fire this device up. We got to, you know, merge each other. And then Spidey's like, Uh oh, look, giant robot army. And we see it's the Tri Sentinels. And we see they're being controlled by uh, Mendel.
2: Yeah, Mendelstrom.
1: Yes, and then Mendel Strom, he himself gets attacked by some, like, kind of, like, alien, bug-like, yeah, like, cybernetic creature thing. We don't, the yeah, we don't know who's who it is, because they talk from off-panel. But yeah. they're like, uh, Mendel, you think that tech support came for free? Uh, I'm going to kill you. And he kills him. And then we see the character, and it's...
2: I have no clue who that is. I don't know who that is. I
1: don't know if we're supposed to recognize the character. I don't recognize the character. Looks like some generic, weird, bad guy. Yeah, it
2: looks like the blue skull.
1: It does kind of look like the blue mummy skull. Yeah. And so then we cut back to Pete and Spider-Man running from the Tri-Sentinels and the Tri-Sentinel blasts the ground where Peter is and that's how we see him all bloodied and lying on the rubble. Boom. And Spider-Man goes to the side and at this point they have a little talk about how, you know, one is too responsible, one is too reckless. Pete uses his spider uh, web shooters to flip the device and pull it down on top of them. It explodes and starts to merge the two of them. Before it can merge them, Spidey basically tells Pete, you know what, man, you need to loosen up. You need to realize how fun it is to be spider-man you forget how fun it is you you're always so depressing you're always so heavy you're always so emo you need to realize you got to enjoy yourself sometimes we can climb walls think about how much fun stuff we can do just point is i'm half of you you're half of me but do we always have to be you know emo pete and the sad parade yeah
2: the you half of you
1: right (laughs) and uh and anyhow and, and before he disappears they merge together uh, Spider-Man's like, you have to admit, man, even you have to admit the giant robot was awesome, which is important <laughs> because then the giant ro- robot appears. Yep. And so Peter now together as one Spidey, he uh, hacks into the other Tri-Sentinels with his robot, battling them, you know, occupying them while yeah. he's hacking into them and he controls all of them. And then they all head back to where they come from, whoever was controlling him, which mm-hmm. is where Mendel was. And there's Mendelstrom all dead. <laughs> and before he dies, he goes, Guess my name, and then Bleh. dead. Bleh. And then Peter goes, Uh oh. And the secret hideouts door open up, and all the Tri Sentinels who were on their side, just up to now, are now all against him and saying, Guess my name, guess my name, guess my name. And then they all blow up the building. They all self destruct, blow up the building. Spidey manages to get out, and he's like, I don't know, what is going on? This is crazy. Yeah. And then we cut to later that night, and he's enjoying a little TV with uh, MJ snuggled up next to him. And she's like, you know, it's nice that you're all back together again. And, uh, you know, you can go around and do your spider stuff tomorrow, because tonight you're all mine, tiger. Smoochie, smoochy time. And so, <laughs> and so, um, we then cut to Taskmaster and the Black Ant, and I'm going to tell you, I love these two characters.
0: Yeah,
3: <laughs>
1: I love, love, love these two characters. <laughs> these two need to be recurring characters. Yeah, they do. At all times, <laughs> they, they're just fantastic. There's there's bad Nick Spencer, then there's good Nick Spencer. Yeah, right. This is good Nick Spencer. Mm-hmm. These two—they're being questioned by the new, by Garrett Stone, who's uh, with the Department of Homeland Security, Meta Human and Advanced Technology Division. And they're like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, well, where, "Where's Shield? Shield no longer exists." And, uh, and they're like, "What? Well, this is ridiculous. This is just crazy because no one, no, everyone knows real, real secret agents wear bright blue, leot, uh, bright blue, and leotards. <laughs> helps them with their clandestine spy work. They don't wear suits." He's like, this is just ridiculous. And, you know, the only way this guy would be, the only way this guy wears an patch is if he gets laced. He's just ripping <laughs> on him. You know how stupid this new organization is. And the guy's like, the agent interviewing him is like, are you, if you two are done. And Black Ant's like, I, you know, I think we are. And Testmaster's like, you're right. We should leave. And then they blow, up, and you see the side of the room blow up. And they're like, you know, Old Shield would never interrogate a supervillain in a room with an exterior wall, by the way. Huh. <laughs> and, um,. And so he, they, they start to leave, and before they leave, Taskmaster goes, and by the way, we weren't after the genome accelerator, the device that Peter Parker was going after. That wasn't the job. The guy that hired us plays a different kind of game. Dun-dun-dun. Who is that guy, Steven? Who is that guy? We're about to find out, because we see some banker guy, ooh, evil banker guy, who uh, works in the finance sector being chased by somebody. And who was it? Oh! <gasps> Craven the Hunter. Bum, bum, bum. So that's who Taskmaster and Black Ant were working for. Craven the Hunter. Awesome. Kick ass. Probably, I'm going to say it, my most favorite Spider Man villain is Craven the Hunter. Love yeah. this guy. It could be his bitching facial hair. I won't discount that fact, Stephen. But anyhow, <laughs> that's the end of the issue. Amazing Spider Man number 5. What do you think, Stephen?
2: Um. I am. I'm very happy that uh, we got good Nick Spencer. Yes. Back because yes. I really liked uh, the superior Foes of Spider-Man, mm-hmm. which was his his thing before he went to Captain America. Yes. And um, I was like, oh, okay, well, Captain America should be fun and uh, exciting and all that. And then it um, wasn't. It was not. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we don't like to talk about that. No. No. Um, no. No. We just like we just like with the marriage. We yes. Don't talk about that anymore? No,
1: no, just ignore it.
2: Um. So yeah, I thought it. You know, the the whole splitting in two is kind of gimmicky. It's been oh totally. a thousand times. but oh, it yeah. Works because I mean it's a it's a good point. Yep. You know, Why are why is Spider Man have to be so emo? He has like right. a whole cool set of powers like swinging yeah. around the city. It is awesome. I, I played the Spider Man game. It's awesome. To what swing what around. does
1: he have to complain about? He has a smoking hot girlfriend mm-hmm.
2: and. Spider-Man Powers! Spider-Man Powers. God, you, your life is pretty damn sweet. Yeah, it is. I mean... To
1: I the re- point where it makes it hard for readers to believe he's so sad,
2: Nemo. Yeah. I right? agree, yeah. Right. Um, I love... I still love the fact that he has Boomerang as a roommate. <laughs> yeah. Boomerang is such, like, a traditional bro. Yes! Yes! So, no, I can take care of that. I've been thinking about going back to school and yes! then, <laughs> then getting completely punked by Spider Man. I love ass. it.
1: Awesome. Oh, it was great. It was great.
2: Um, And it was, <laughs> I mean, this is, you know, the show's, you know, makes me kind of feel old, but I love seeing the Tri Sentinels again. Yes. Like, it's such an, a classic. Yeah. It reminds me of, uh, what was it, when he was Captain Universe? Yes. Uh, so cool. And, um, and Mendel Schramm is even uh, oh, kind yeah. of an old school. Spider-Man. Absolutely. Spider-Man villain. So seeing him and then yeah. like, I mean, and yeah, we don't know who the blue skull, whatever is, but I mean, it's like, oh, okay. Well, who's, who's behind this? Cause now we know there's Craven the Hunter. Yes. But then there's this other person. Right. I'm like, oh, okay. I wonder if that's connected in any way. Exactly. Um, I like seeing Craven. Yeah. I feel like it's been a little while.
1: It does feel like it's been a while.
2: Yeah. But, um, so yeah, i I honestly, and I love the art. I mean like Ryan Otley's so awesome He's so good I love but, him Um It's I mean honestly I can't think of Anything bad to say Yeah and well, I know Black Ant The Taskmaster guess, I love um, Look I'm, I'm
1: with you This This is good Nick Spencer And I'm yeah. so glad After getting bad Nick Spencer On Captain America
2: For what seemed like An eternity God
1: look. yes Um It's so great To get good Nick Spencer mm-hmm. On Spider-Man Yeah This is a fun title yeah it's just fun <laughs> and i think spencer is is showing his direction on spider-man is going to be different and, and yeah. i mean he be i mean he puts a spotlight on it
3: mm-hmm. i mean this
1: is the whole point of this opening story arc yeah. this this five issue story arc the whole point of it is spider-man has been super freaking emo and depressed yeah why should he be <laughs> he's got we're gonna give him mj back he's got awesome powers you know what it's okay for Spider Man to have, to have
2: fun. To have yeah. fun. He's not Daredevil.
1: <laughs> right. This title doesn't have to be depressing all the time. This can be a fun title.
0: Yeah. Spider
1: Man has historically been a fun title. Yeah. Yeah. He's always had his problems, no doubt, sure. but but it's always been, there's always been a sense of fun to the title as well, right. and I, I like that, and believe, we're still going to get problems and, oh, sure. and, and drama and issues, of course, but in general, the general, what Spencer's telling the reader is, look, this has been kind of a depressing title for a long time. We're going to change it up.
2: Yeah.
1: We got MJ back. We're going to focus on classic Spider-Man and having some fun. We're gonna make this. This is a title. If you want just straightforward, fun, action, adventure, superhero stories, I got what you want.
0: Yeah,
1: I got what you're looking for. This is what we're gonna give you. This comic is more what DC's been giving us with yeah. since Rebirth.
2: Mm-hmm. This is like Spider-Man Rebirth, right? Yeah. Because
1: a lot of what Marvel gives us is not fun. No. <laughs> it's not not that it's all bad don't get me wrong I'm oh,
2: sure yeah
1: but it's not it's terribly not fun. fun yeah this is fun mm-hmm. I had a smile on my face from start to finish <laughs> I did and, but it no, but, but, this, 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 but this title isn't like a kiddie title no it's not mm-hmm. stupid like Iceman mm-hmm. So you can make a title fun and humorous yeah and not be stupid mm-hmm. that's the difference this title is funny it's mm-hmm. entertaining oh yeah It makes you laugh. It's got good humor, but it's not dumb.
2: No. It doesn't
1: insult the reader's intelligence. Mm -hmm. This is also a title I could give to anyone and they would enjoy.
2: And they would understand it.
1: Anyone. I could give this to a six year old kid. Mm -hmm. I could give it to a 13 year old kid. Mm -hmm. I could give it to a 21 year old. I could give it to a 60 year old. Yeah. I could give it to a man. I could give it to a woman. I could give it to anyone, anyone, and they would like this yes. comic. This is a template. What you want to make mainstream superhero comics? Here you go. Yeah. There's a reason why Spider Man sells a lot.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because stuff like this.
1: people can enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Anyone can enjoy it. It's a fun title, it reaches all ages.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It reaches all ages. It's great. It's yeah. something there for everyone, no matter how old or young you are. You know, it just puts a smile on your face. It's super entertaining. It is wonderfully plotted and paced.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not slow. It moves the. Per- this is compressed storytelling, Stephen.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Spencer
1: covers a lot of ground.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I appreciate it. You don't need to show me every little stinking moment. You know, just get to it. Yeah. Get to the good stuff.
0: Get to the
1: point. I don't need to see the bathroom breaks. Get yeah. to the good stuff. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't need to see Spider-Man making the sandwich. Let me, just show me eating them. You yeah. know? I mean, yeah. just get to the point. Yeah. And I, and it's, it's got tons of action. There's mm-hmm. tons of action. There's just, page and page of it. You never go that far without some action. Yeah. And it makes it a riveting read. But at the same time, it's a deep, despite the fact that there's lots of action and that it's, fun, Mm -hmm. and humorous, there's also a lot of depth to it. You get great character work. Mm -hmm. The dichotomy between Peter and Spider-Man and his two sides of his personality are really well done. There's a lot of depth and texture to Pete's character. Mm -hmm. There's a lot for the reader to get invested in, to get emotionally invested in. There's plenty of depth to the story. So you can be funny and humorous and not be stupid and shallow. Spencer does it. He has great range. Oh yeah. When he's on his game, he yeah. has great range, and I love how he's able to give a nice, textured story with plenty of depth at the same time deliver great humor and entertainment. Yeah. It's fantastic. Often at, often
2: at the same time, like the scene yes! where, um, like when Peter takes the the hit for Spider Man. Um, yeah. Spider Man's reaction is. That he's going to avenge him by becoming Peter Man. Yes!
1: Exactly! <laughs> it's fantastic. So, yeah. I, you know, I just, I, I like it. Yeah. And I also think that the supporting cast is fantastic. I'm with you. Boomerang, yeah. excellent, wonderful <laughs> character. Fantastic. MJ, of course. I mean, we are talking about it.
0: Yeah. As it should be. Yeah.
1: And but come on, yeah, Black Ant and Taskmaster; these two are great. You got to keep these two around. They're awesome. Really They're so do. fantastic. And the generic blue mummy skull character—I'll uh, give Spencer some time to flesh him out. He sure. might become interesting. Yeah. Uh, and Craven, obviously—that's that, that's the headliner.
0: Oh, of course. That's the headliner. Yeah.
1: It's a fantastic character. That's the one that we're all interested in. Yeah. Compelled to, to come back for yeah, more. Yeah, definitely. So. Great, great ending to the first story arc. Uh, I think I think Spencer really is on his game. This He's on it. And Ryan Otley. You know, when he, Ryan Otley was the artist for Invincible back in the day when Invincible first came out. Yep. I always thought that Ryan Otley. I was like, dude, this guy. Invincible always kind of reminded me of Spider-Man. Yeah. Well, it's Spider-Man is Superman, obviously. Sure. Yeah. Clearly, he's a Superman-type character. But he also had a lot of Spider-Man elements to him as well. Mm-hmm. And I always thought, man... Otley could draw the hell out of some Spider-Man. And And it's great to see him on Spider-Man. It's just fantastic. I'm really happy. His style of art is perfect for a mainstream superhero comic. He does emotions well. He does cool action. It's nice, clean lines. It's just really good mainstream superhero artwork. Yep. Um, So how would you grade Amazing Spider-Man number five?
2: Um, I'm going to give it straight nines. I really, really, really like this. I'm... And honestly, or like playing the playing the Spider-Man game, reading this, and reading the Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man. Apps, like yes, this is a good time to be a Spider-Man fan. Yes, it's all good. I, I told totally agree.
1: Right no, I great. totally agree. I'm gonna go a tad bit less than you, but almost the same. It can't be totally the same. I will go 9 Night Girls out of 10 for the writing. I'll go 8 Night Girls out of 10 for the art.
0: Okay. Not that much difference. Yeah, <laughs> sure.
1: Fantastic sure. comic. It definitely worth, definitely worth reading. Yeah. Oh, definitely yeah. worth reading. Definitely. All right, my friend. Well, there you go. That wraps up this podcast. hmm um, Yeah. A little few more misses than hits with the comics that we selected. Yeah. But, you know, hey, I think in general, I... I'm feeling more positive about Marvel than I've felt in a long time.
2: Oh yeah, I feel in like, a
1: long time.
2: Yeah, the 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 fresh start has done has done some good stuff for them.
1: Agreed. I think so that's good. I think Marvel is trending in the right direction. Yes, I'm, I'm finding more of their stuff to be uh, uh, enjoyable than ever before. I still think they're behind DC, to be honest. Oh yeah. I think DC really got a leg up with Rebirth.
2: Yeah. Really, really
1: got a leg up mm-hmm. on Marvel.
2: Rebirth was a real, like, line, which, like, push everything in the right direction. Yes. But, but... Slowly but surely, you know.
1: I think Marvel is absolutely trending up. Yeah. I see a lot there to be encouraged about. I don't be totally oh, do negative too. and pessimistic because we didn't like two of the issues, you know, that we reviewed. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that Marvel... I think there's a lot... I think Marvel is realizing what they did wrong and yeah. they're working I think they're working to try to fix it and nothing nothing's ever perfect but I think they're I think they're on their way.
2: Yeah, it's it's fun to poke at them sometimes because they were on top for so Well, long. yeah.
1: But, they're like the New York Yankees of the comic yeah. world. So of course you're going to want to make fun of them and poke at them. That's yeah. what you do, right?
2: But you know, I think they have to a, a, they've done a good job at least trying to Even if we don't like everything, I feel like they're trying to um, to go, you know, correct themselves. So it's like, okay, I agree. That's that's. I agree. I'm happy. Yes,
1: I agree. I agree. All right, my friend. As always, uh, check us out comicrevolution.com if you want to read more of our reviews and see how Kevin disagrees with us totally.
2: Oh, see, Kevin's incorrect review. <laughs> oh no! So I just said,
1: That's...
2: come on the podcast, Kevin, fight me. <laughs> yeah. oh, just, Kevin, I can't. I
1: can't. You just get. at reply Stephen all day long now oh, on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> all right, my friends. Until next time, viva la revolución.